0: It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom... And pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic to cosplay to Schitt's Creek to supernatural and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, before this episode begins, just a couple of quick notes. First off, I was having internet issues when we recorded this episode, so I apologize in advance if it ever seems like I leave, come back in kind of thing. It was a whole ordeal, but I still think this is a great episode, but I just wanted to apologize in advance for that if the audio seems a little bit off for this one. And then I also wanted to say, as you know, I am a huge Finn Whitrock fan. Please go listen to Jen, my podcast, Brain Twin, her podcast, my streaming bubble. I was recently on there talking about Finn Whitrock for two whole hours. It was so much fun. It's such a great episode, so go check that out. But what I wanted to do is I wanted to highlight a great account that is available on Twitter. And Instagram called Finn Whitrock Source. They post some amazing pictures, amazing information. If you're a Finn Whitrock fan, you really, really should follow them. Their Twitter handle is at FinnWitrock and then an underscore after that. And once again, that's Finn Whitrock Source. If you don't know how to spell Finn Whitrock, it's F I N N W I T T R O C K. And they are also on Instagram. It's at Finn Whitrock source all one word, and they are having a mouthful of air watch party this Sunday, February twenty seventh, starting at eleven a.m. Pacific time, so that's twelve Mountain, one Central, two Eastern, and that should be a blast. As you know, this is one of my favorite movies, and this movie means the world to me. So I wanted to promote this. They have they are a great site, like I said, and they were kind enough to share. My streaming bubbles episode about Finn. So, wanted to be able to promote this as well since they are such a great site. And I'm excited about this watch party. So, I hope to virtually, quote unquote, see you there. And once again, apologies for any issues with the audio on this one. I still think it's a great episode and I hope you enjoy it. Thanks again for listening. Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. We are wrapping up our celebration of Black History Month with a discussion about the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. And if you have listened to any recent episodes, you've heard me talking about how this was quite a journey rewatching this show. (laughs) And, uh, you know, shows from the 90s don't always hold up that well today. So this will be an interesting conversation because even though some of it's still funny and there's still some great moments, there's a lot of problematic elements that we will, of course, be talking about. But I've got a great panel with me, so this should be a lot of fun. But before I have them introduce themselves and tell me something they're into right now, just a quick reminder that we are available on Patreon. So head on over to the show link, to the link in our show notes, or head on over to any of our social media and click our link tree there. And for as little as $3 a month, you will help support the show, help us continue to bring you episodes, help us to continue to bring you live streams. We've got a marathon live stream coming your way in March. Which I still can't believe I've decided to put myself through 12 hours of streaming. <laughs> but we're going to try and raise money. There'll be some fun things. We're going to be doing a movie review. Maybe we'll do a podcast episode during that. Who knows? So it should be a ton of fun. Um, and then for our Patreon episodes, of course, we've got a lovely, wonderful rent episode up there right now that I really enjoyed. And one of my panelists, Judy, was on that one. And then Coming very soon to your ears is every season of American Horror Story. And then coming this summer, we've got another Dusty L fanfic, Four Letter Word, coming your way, which I still have to read at some point (laughs) to prepare. Okay, well, I'm going to go around and have my lovely panelists introduce themselves and tell me something they're into right now. Judy.
1: Hi, I'm Judy. And so what am I into right now? Every four years, every four years, I became, become a total Olympics junkie for Winter Olympics. Like Summer Olympics, I'm like, Meh. I, I don't know. For some reason, all the winter sports just suck in so much more. I love the snowboarding and the ice skating, the skiing, just all of it. Well, plus I'm a hockey fan. So and, and I love um, ice skating year round. So I watch I watch ice skating all the time. And so I kind of know about like, you know, what's going on in the skating fandom, if you will. And oh boy, if you have not been watching, the Olympics, this one has been crazy. There was a doping scandal, and they the, the the Russian women were all supposed to take the podium, like all three spots. But there was a doping scandal, and then they let one of them skate anyway she bonded there was tears one of her teammates threw a temper tantrum backstage that because she didn't get gold and she will never skate again it was it was a total blank show and i was riveted (laughs) and it's still going on right because there's still investigations and now they're looking into this coach who for years everybody has known that she is abusive um, all, all of her skaters are, have broken bodies, broken spirits, and eating disorders by the time they're 17. So, a lot going on in the in the ice skating fandom. And uh, if you like drama, <laughs> that's the place to be.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. The thing it's so is, awesome. it's
1: real lives, right? Like, I you have to remember, yeah. like, oh my god, 13 year olds that are getting broken by this this woman, and the the overly competitive culture and and Russian ice skating. So I don't know. It's, it's riveting and sad at the same time.
0: Yeah. It's sad putting young kids through that basically, because they're just young teenagers and stuff. Yeah. I saw that on some morning, one of the morning programs the other day. Cause I don't, I'm not watching the Olympics, but I did see that and saw, you know, and then also the thing about the coach getting angry at that with the yeah. So yeah,
1: she came off the ice, and instead of consoling this girl who had the pressure of an entire country on her shoulders, she yelled at her like, "Why did you give up?" You know, on mm-hmm. it was just it was just sad, and to see her walk away in disgrace, just falling apart in tears, and the other two girls who are both coached by this same woman are standing by themselves. one one is back there, like I said, having a temper tantrum, and the other one who just won the gold was standing there hugging a teddy bear, just looking sad, not even knowing what to do. Nobody's hugging her, nobody's congratulating her, nobody's standing with her because the other two are falling apart and the coach is you know, taking care of these other two girls. It was, like I said, it was total dumpster fire. It was, it was insane, mm-hmm. but I have to say the, the Japanese girl who won bronze was just adorable and handled herself with the utmost dig- dignity as did all of the American girls. Like when you see the Americans skate, whether they did great or okay, the other ones immediately run over and hug them after they got off the ice. And it's just such, they, the Americans were, I, I think, really handled everything very well and were a supportive group. So I'm a little yeah. proud of that.
0: Yeah. It's, I, I mean, but it is sad what some of these people are put through, but yeah. So Megan, what are you into right now?
2: For me, it's actually going to be uh, Snoop Dogg's new album, B-O-D-R. Um, he recently has bought uh, Death Row records, as he used to be a part of them. However, with Shog and everything, he wasn't able to. Left the records, um, I mean, the, the the label, and then started his own thing. And I, don't get me wrong, like I, I always loved Snoop Dogg's music, but uh, there's something special about him being back with Death Row. I don't know if it's just the sound quality is better or if he's just... Really touching back on his roots because a lot of the the songs on there like Kripia Enthusiasm, uh, Catch a Vibe, Coming Back, and even Doggy Stylin'. They're very much to what he started with and how he became famous, so it was really cool to see him also collabing with some lesser known artists that weren't always super known. It, it helps expand my uh, taste in music too, so it, it's really cool and I hope he tours with it because it's a great album. and. It was nice I was able to perform at the Super Bowl, so I think I'm still kind of riding off of that, of um, him being able to represent, like, one part of the U.S. that I definitely think gets overlooked or shadowed in the NFL, so I'm very happy that he finally got his moment to, you know, be like, I'm coming back to my roots, I'm doing what I want to do, and no one's going to tell me otherwise which is something he always struggled with. It's like a full circle and it's just great to see. And, you know, with Will Smith also being a rapper back in the day, uh, not to say he he isn't good now, but he, he's letting his son do it. But like if Will Smith came out with an album, I'd probably listen to that
0: too. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm into is there's this wonderful, amazing film called Mass, M-A-S-S, that you can rent for as little as $2.99 on Prime. And if you want to watch a masterclass in acting, watch this film. The four le- the four lead performances are incredible, just absolutely outstanding. It is absolutely criminal to me that none of these people got any Oscar love, barely gotten any awards recognition, period. This is a very very intense film. It's basically just a conversation between these two sets of parents. Um, talking about a school shooting and one set of parents lost a son in the school shooting. And the other set of parents, their son was the school shooter who also died in that. And so it's basically these parents uh, trying to come to terms, trying to find forgiveness, trying to find some kind of common ground there. So it's a very heavy, heavy movie. You don't see any of the school shooting, nothing like that. It's just about these parents and it's also, I really appreciated that you're seeing women in this movie over 40 years old in a film. And that's incredible. So sadly, that's incredible. So I really appreciated that as well. So I highly, highly recommend that just for incredible, outstanding performances. Um, So you can rent that anywhere, Prime, all those other places. So get on that, everybody. Okay, so let's get into the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and we're going to start out on the complimentary side <laughs> before we dive into all the problematic issues with this show. So let's first start with three of your favorite episodes or moments, Judy.
1: Yeah, you know, if we're, if we're talking about the, the complimentary side first, what I do have to say is this show made me laugh hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. a lot like cracking up out loud like you know and and sometimes even the problematic things made me laugh really hard which eh, you know i'm being honest here so yeah like that that some of the humor just still so funny and will is just so, so goofy and and silly and carlton is just again goofy and silly and 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 you know, when, when it's not problematic, <laughs> um, holds up. And it's just the family dynamics are a lot of fun. And, of course, almost all of the best moments are those moments, that those more serious moments uh, between Will and Phil or Will and Carlton. Those are, to me, the best um, combinations in, in the show. So I was trying to pick some some favorites. You know, just a couple nods of my favorite Funny moments first is is the one where they blackmail Hillary. It's so funny that um, both Will and Carlton are are making her do all of these silly things. That was hilarious. And the one where the two of them um uh, like do it or or Will where Will becomes a stripper and Carlton ends up doing the Michael Jackson dance. Like I, I just made him laugh so hard. Or when Carlton thinks that Will killed. Lisa and just has this absolute <laughs> meltdown and drags herself across the floor. And oh my gosh, I laughed <laughs> so hard. So just a quick nod to those. But of course, to me, the best moments. Uh, just say, yo, was one of the episodes. That's the one where Carl uh, Carlton overdoses um, on speed that he had found in in Will's locker, um, you know, and Will's really- scared that he hurt his cousin and so you know they it definitely played a little bit like an after school special
0: (laughs) very much so
1: (laughs) but i i just thought you know it it those those few episodes where they take a little bit more serious turn they get it gives gives the characters a chance to really open up show a little bit of vulnerability so those are good the one where vivian uh or tries to Again, oh, I just love that. I, I love that she's forty years old and she decides to take a take a ballet class at that at age to prove to herself that she can still do it. And it's hard as hell. And she'd uh, learn. You know, she takes lessons on the side from like some famous dancer or something. Because these young girls are, are making fun of her in the class, so she goes in and she shows them up, which is absolutely amazing. And then, I mean, she she doesn't stick with it, but just the fact that she showed that at forty you can still you can still do things and still chase your dreams was pretty amazing. I wish that they had done a little more with that storyline because, like at that point, she kind of she quit her job and. I think she quit her like we we never really hear much about her Mm -hmm. job after that like is she still a professor is like what what's she doing i think they kind of that was like the last uh, such a big moment for her and then after that i don't know I, i i we lose a little bit of that like amazing badass Aunt viv and we'll talk about her more later because i have i have stuff to say
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm sure we all have stuff to, especially you know with of course the recasting and all that jazz yeah
1: um and then of course i think one of everybody's favorite uh moments is the the episode where will's father comes back and leaves him again and he breaks down it's it's so beautiful and sad and certainly some of the best acting that we saw out of out of will smith and vulnerability because very we didn't get a lot of really great moment that stands up and and i don't know it's been played gazillions of times on youtube everybody knows that moment for a good reason
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and megan
2: um so for me uh i think what really stood out to me uh, was the dancing I think throughout this entire show is everyone dancing to some degree like when you first uh, meet will and he meets Ashley and she's stole his walker and she's dancing and he's like copying her behind her and like it's like a whole moment of just special like bonding but then they also kind of laugh about it but <laughs> like she's getting real into it he's getting into it and it's just a really cool like moment and even when we first see Carlton do the Carlton dance uh, it's one of the best moments I've ever experienced in my life and (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's truly like one of those things where it's like you know you you can have moves you don't have to be sexy about it you don't have to be like provocative all the time like you can still move and not like have to be sometimes you just do it because it feels good and I love that this show really does that. I also love when uh Vivian was in uh the jazz class I think that's what it was and (laughs) It was the way or jazzercise, that's what it was called officially. Then, jazzercise, uh, it was the way that like the white women around her were like, Oh, she can't do this. Like, this is very much like our thing. Like, what, who does she think she is coming in here in this sexy little leotard and like ready to go? Like, she was looked stunning, and then she's like, Oh, I can do this. Like, even if I'm older, like, I, I can keep up with you. Can you keep up with me? And truthfully, <laughs> like at the, at the end of that, you could tell she was a little winded. Just a little bit, but she she played it out. She was like, you know what, I can do this. And the way she moved, I was like, it was truly a disservice for them to get rid of that, Vivian, because she was the element of driving force, I think, for Will as a character, especially in his development. And I just that moment really stood out to me uh within my rewatching. I also really liked The Viva Lost Wages episode just because it was such a weird episode because they go gambling, Will loses his money and then they do the stripping thing and they're dancing together in the hip movement. And that song is just so iconic. It defined a generation. And I think the Fresh Prince as a whole, like the positives is, is they had a variety of black people. It wasn't just one type of black person. It wasn't like one type of lifestyle. They had a good variety of it. And they had a lot of different ways of how classes were shown um, with the mom, especially in that episode where she comes over for Thanksgiving and she's used to like having the kids do stuff and like in their household, in the bank's household, they have other people do stuff and the kids focus on their activities. I think that was a great episode that shows the difference in class and how that affects our growth as humans and even just the level a respect we may have for elders or even just how we approach certain things or maybe how ambitious we are I also really enjoyed the fact that will's character developed within like three seasons like you could see like rapid development um it got a little stagnant there for a minute but it picked up again and that's what I appreciate is that you know they kept it going with the character and around him everyone else was growing too it wasn't just one person. Um, Even the butler had some character development, which is fantastic. I I love Jeffrey. And even Jazz. Jazz is constantly getting kicked out of the house, but I will never, and I will stand by this forever. If the man really wants to, he will do it. Like, (laughs) he will find a way. And Jazz... Very, very much so in love with Hillary and just with that family and made every possible effort to be with him because he loved his best friend and it was really cool to see. So I wouldn't change any of that ever. There are problems, but I love the family aspect. I do think that they covered what it looks like to be a Black family that's not constantly struggling or in this element of adversity or the, the slave sort of trope. Like, it was nice to just see a Black family doing just regular family things, engaging with stuff. I mean, it set off Martin. It set off a lot of other TV shows after that that followed kind of the same route. Granted, I think even though, like, Fresh Prince is bad, I think Martin is way worse in regards to a lot of the bad elements like fat phobia, sexism, and homophobia. Um, I know for uh, Will Smith, like, he was trying to keep up with the trends, but he was trying to be conscientious at that time. But unfortunately, it was just... It was a rough time in TV. I feel like in that time, Uh, everyone was making fun of everyone. I remember I was watching Scrubs even, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" ER, even just a TV show, ER. It's like we were a different species back then. I feel, and we did not respect people. I'm glad we're moving past that, and I'm excited to see where the new Bel Air show goes.
1: (laughs) You know, maybe it can make us happy. Like that, 90s weren't that long ago. So look how far. We've come. I mean, we have a ways to go. I love but that. Like it kind of does show show that we we are making progress. We're seeing our mistakes, and and we are
0: trying to do better. Yeah, and friends, <laughs> friends, friends is. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we talked about friends, and I still love friends, but friends is has lots of issues and problems. But yeah, Homophobia. yeah, is mean,
1: yeah, big on that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, yeah, among other, and fat phobia too, with the whole. Fat Monica. Oh yeah, Monica. Crap. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I second a lot of what has been said, and and the Carlton dance, of course, is iconic. One of the best gifs out there is anything with that dance. Honestly, and 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 it's done so well. Yeah, <laughs> Judy's doing it right now, and so is Megan. <laughs> I mean, it's perfect. And having it, uh, you know, one last time in the finale, in the series finale, was also. I think you kind of had to have that. It was kind of essential. And yeah, the the Will and the Speed episode, <laughs> I just wanted to comment on that really quickly because it is funny. I think every show back then had one episode that had to cover drugs where someone started doing them. And nine times out of 10, it was something like this. It wasn't necessarily like shooting up heroin or something.
1: So after school special. <laughs> yes. Yes.
0: Very much in the, you know, just say no kind of era of thinking on television But before I get into, of course, my favorite moment, which has already been mentioned, but I I have to mention it, I want to talk about Ashley. There's a moment with Ashley in season four. It's a Valentine's Day episode. And one of my biggest issues rewatching this is the way Ashley is treated because, ooh, watching, you know, both, um, both Will and then Philip very much wanting, and Carlton too does this, wanting to control her sexuality. And wanting con- to control her, period, and it's really, really hard to watch that because it's played a lot for laughs, but it's so degrading to her. And trying to take away her agency while you know at the same time they want to see you know it's the hypocrisy of of men in a lot of respects high
1: fiving each other for getting laid and
0: yes, but don't yeah. want to yeah, but don't want to see it with people they they care about or love. Mm-hmm. And she goes on this date and, you know, her father of course doesn't want her to go on a date and Will goes and goes on the date with her and is a total ass and very controlling and a jerk. And then they end up at, you know, this is when they're in college, the college years. And so they end up back at the college that Will and Carlton go to and they're having this Valentine's day dinner thing there for people there and, also Phil and Vivian are there and she gets up for in the karaoke and sings respect. And it is such a great moment because it's a one moment where she's like, Hey, respect me. Okay. I am going through changes. I'm a teenager. Now I'm trying to find my voice and she's singing to both will and her dad, mainly her dad, I think, but to both of them and watching their faces during that. And, Listening to her sing and how powerful it was, I just think that was such a great moment for her because I don't think she gets as many great moments as some of the other characters do. And so that one really, really stuck out to me. And I just really appreciated that they let her do that since that was such a big issue throughout the show. What I think is interesting watching this show, and we're going to talk about Will Smith in a minute, is, you know, comedy is very difficult to do. And people don't give comedians enough credit and don't think it's that hard and i think for will smith he got a lot of crap because not only the comedy part but also the fact that he was a rapper going into acting and you watch him grow throughout this show and you watch the vulnerability seep into his comedy as well throughout the show not just in the moment with his dad but even in like the the series finale you see what you see a running theme with will with the character is he kind of, I think, feels like an outsider in this family. And even though he tries to play it off and be the jokester, he has these moments where you can see his fear of being left behind. And I, I I mean, it's also residuals, of course, from his father abandoning him. But I think it's also the fact that his father abandoned him. Then he got in trouble. Then he gets shipped off by, from his, you know, his mom ships him off to this rich area that he doesn't know how to fit in to this family that already has their own little ways of interacting with each other. And how does he fit in here? So you see that throughout the show. So I'm just kind of as an overall, those little moments where you see that break and you see that fragility come through where he's like, what if they leave me too? What if they don't want me here either? And where do I go from there? And, you know, it's just very interesting to watch that, especially in the series finale. And you see how he feels like everybody's moving on and has a life and he has nothing. I think that's the way he felt in that. And he felt like this family that had become his family, his surrogate, you know, mom and dad and sister and brother are gonna leave him. He does it so well. Will Smith does that really well.
1: I think in general, the whole character uses comedy to cover his own insecurities and pain and struggles and all that.
0: Yeah definitely it's a little
1: deep for for but really I think that that that's what all that comedy is you know it's such a facade um, Mm -hmm. to keep everybody at bay and and to when when it does break down you get those vulnerable moments but I think a Mm -hmm. lot of it is is just a protection
0: yeah yeah definitely definitely Um, And I'm just going to point to two other things. Sorry, sorry. I'm kind of going over here. But I just thought it was important to just briefly mention in season one when when they get arrested, when Carlton and Will get arrested. Because for Carlton, that was a total wake-up call for him because he was not used to – and I'm not saying that he didn't – I mean, because, of course, he's a black man. He knows he's a black man living in America. But he had not experienced that racism from the police before. But what's interesting about that is watching, you know, the way Carlton, it's kind of shatters a little portion of his heart, I think, and his world. And it's a very, very, very sad. It's funny. There's funny, humorous moments in that episode. But in the end, it's very heartbreaking for Carlton and, of course, for Carlton's dad. So it's just it's I, I think that's a really good one as well. And then, of course, the dad episode. This episode, the whole episode is so good because Will Smith is incredible in this episode, what he does, because, you know, speaking as someone who has been abandoned by a dad, you know, a couple of times in her, in her life, there is that feeling of, you know, you want them back in your life, but you don't, but you're not going to show them your vulnerability. And, The whole last five minutes or so of that episode are incredible because you watch Will, who is so hopeful that he's going to have this relationship with his father finally, and he's going to go on this trip, and then his father, once again, is abandoning him, and you see Will just be like, oh, that's okay, that's okay, that's okay, and he puts on that facade of, you're not going to hurt me, and he builds that wall up. And when he calls his dad by his first name, whew, that's when you know. He's like, that's his way of flipping his dad off, basically, is, no, uh uh-uh, I know what you're doing. And I'm not going to call you dad because you're not being my dad. You're not being a father. And then, of course, the whole moment there, which a lot of that was kind of improvised, too. Just, I don't know if everybody knows that, but a lot of that was. And the hug was because he was getting so emotional in that scene. And it was kind of a natural thing to do, and not just even in the characters, but the way he says that, you know, I'm going to be a better father, that I'm going to do this better, this better than him. And then just when he says, why doesn't he want me? Because that's the underlying theme whenever you are abandoned by a parent is that's the, I mean, that's the question that you're always constantly asking yourself is, what is it about me that makes them want to leave me? No matter what the logical thing is. That's still what you're always going to think. And the way he does that and delivers that line is so beautiful and amazing and brilliant. And it's just a perfect, perfect scene. So,
1: You know, I think a part of that episode that almost gets overshadowed because the end is just so poignant. But I think even the beginning and the middle, like in the beginning when he first realized, oh my God, that's my father Mm -hmm. sitting there. What am I going to do? Right, so he's he's, you know, you see the cracks in that episode. And then when they're at the carnival together. Oh, yes. Uh, that's another uh, just subtle great acting. Uh, uh, you know, when he sits down on the, on the thing, Oh, you, you, know, you, you don't owe me nothing. Yeah. You know, we're good. We're good. You don't owe me any kind of apology. We're all good. We're all good. I don't care why you left. I'm, I'm fine. You know, just so covering all that pain and fear mm-hmm. and, Anxiety, and it's just—I think that moment is so good—and gets gets overshadowed by how big the end of the episode is. But it's another one that's that's worth a rewatch for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it's one of the, it's. I think it's probably the best episode in the whole series. Honestly, I, mean,
1: so she, I wish they had had done a few, like had realized, oh my gosh, we really have something here, and stuck with that, those kind of storylines. I mean, you could still keep parts, but maybe show the characters in in more vulnerable, more growth situations, I think. I
2: think they tried to do that where, um, I'm not sure if it was Uncle Phil or Will that got shot, but I know that they tried in the later seasons to do more of that. However, there were some issues on the actor ends. I don't know if you guys watched the reunion, but um, yeah, 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 I think that's what prevented a lot of it. And I think that's why we are even getting this new show now, which I'm very
1: curious since Will Smith is once again putting it together. I'm curious about it
0: too. Yeah. I don't have Peacock,
1: but I'm very curious to see what they do with it.
0: Yeah. 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 I I haven't watched it yet, but I've I've heard good things. I've heard it's very different (laughs) this one. So yeah, I'm very curious about that. Okay, well, let's get into just, I mean, we've already talked a little bit about Will, but let's get into that a little bit deeper and just his character and, of course, the performance. So, Judy, what are your overall thoughts on Will Smith?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, when the show started, he was an amateur. <laughs> you know, he was rough. It was, it was definitely over-the-top acting, you know, when, when the show started. And but he wasn't the only one. Like, the whole cast was, I don't know, it it, it was all over the top. It was it was whatever the comedy version of a melodrama is. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm, I don't know if there's a word for that, but they were all, like, just delivering their lines, like, this is a joke, this is a joke, this is a joke, rather than smooth conversational. I, I don't even know how to explain that any better than that, but it just felt like, punchline, after punchline, after punchline, without any um, uh, genuine authenticity to it. Mm -hmm. So all of them were a little rough that season. Um, I think in in later seasons, as they toned that back, they were much more relatable, and uh, it felt less contrived. Again, I will say that it still made me laugh hard. Like, all of the seasons made me laugh a lot. Um, But it just, it gave it a little bit more authenticity. I think there was also inconsistency with his character. Um, You know, he'd grow a little, take a step back, grow a little. And humans do that, but I don't know. It seemed like there were times when they make a big deal out of him learning and growing in some way. And then the next episode, they forgot that that happened. And I know we're going to get into fat shaming, but here's a perfect opportunity to talk about this. There was an episode with Queen Latifah, who is a goddess. I just love her to death. <laughs> but in it, she dates uh, Will, sort of dates him. She, he, he really likes her. Like, they have this great friendship. But she's she's on the heavy side. She's gorgeous, but on the heavy side. And he's embarrassed to be seen with her, embarrassed for anybody to think that they're dating, and then he ends up going to the school dance with some sexy lamp and she shows up at the, um, at the dance looking fantastic with a date and he can't understand for the life of him, how this that girl got a date. And I don't know. It's the whole episode is about him learning that your what the scale says does not determine your, your value. And then the very up next episode and everyone for the next five years, he goes on to just relentlessly dog Uncle Phil about his weight. So it's kind of like, ugh, you know, this would have been a perfect opportunity for him to learn and grow and to keep that growth going. And for maybe some of the women that he dated to not be just sexy lambs. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think... Yeah, they left a little bit on the on the field, like that they could have really given him more growth in some ways, because he would they would have these episodes where he would grow and then just take a step back. The the one thing though about the the sort of over over dramatic and well not dramatic, overplaying of the comedy in the show, you know, just punchline after punchline. I, I guess it kind of fit though, because the show never even pretended to not be a show. From episode one. They broke the fourth wall, right? We would like look at the camera and smile and smirk and you know make little jokes about, you know, uh that'll be a cold day in hell, like if I ever go platinum, you know, <laughs> like they would they would make fourth wall jokes all the time. So it never took itself too seriously. So I guess maybe that overly unrealistic tone kind of kind of fit. But yeah, like I said, in the beginning, I think it was just almost too much. Um, but yeah, I, I I loved how Will Smith's growth as an actor, you can definitely see it through the seasons, even in the comedy parts. It's not so much about him just being, ah, you know, over the top Will, mm-hmm. but really delivering a clever, funny line, knowing how to wait for the laugh, knowing the physicality of of Comedic acting as well as uh, some of the more dramatic parts. You know, you reference the episode where he get where will get shot, and does a a good job in in that of like kind of fighting fighting with Carlton over you know you shouldn't have a gun and life is going to be difficult, uh, but a gun's not going to solve the problem. While also you can just see like the fear in his own eyes, like he something terrible happened to him too. So. Yeah, I think that Will Smith really grew a lot, and his acting chops grew a lot through this. And obviously, as as he gets into later roles, you know, playing Ali and, you know, other roles, we really get to see, like, okay, this guy, this guy's a really good actor, so. Mm
0: -hmm. Megan?
2: So Will Smith's career during this time, I think, yeah, so the show definitely was, like, the first spot on Like, what got him going? What was the image of what he wanted to be? And I'm not saying that, like, Will Smith is a sellout or anything. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we're all trying to make money. We're all trying to survive. And, but, like, I think a lot of, like, the acting at the beginning and even how the show went, he didn't have as much creative control initially. And I think that's why we got so much of this... um, caricature i guess family element of where everyone was like always uh selling a joke selling something in some capacity and not to say that it wasn't good in the first season because i still laughed like it it got me it hooked me uh but like he was also doing bad boys during this time men in black and like in the 90s uh when the show was still like doing really well and he had a lot of pressure and then he was also dealing with like the his dating life and then i think he had a kid within that time i think it was just a lot for him to balance so i feel like a lot of the characters in all these different elements meshed into one thing and i think that bothered him because he's like you know i don't want to be like uh, chris rock or some of these other ones where they they're very much set in this box of being one type of character uh the funny black guy or the guy that is melodramatic or um Even just kind of like Morgan Freeman is always going to be the guy with the nice voice, like he didn't want to be pushed into a corner, and I know he was trying really hard to fight against that. So in the later seasons, we would see more of these monologues, and I think those were my favorite part of this show, was him talking Mm -hmm. to the audience, talking to other people, like really talking to us, but... I think you could see that he wanted more out of acting. He realized he actually really liked this and he wanted to do more of it. Like he was really finding himself within the show. And it was really cool to see how at the, even the final episode, I think Aaron covered it beautifully, how he was talking and like going through the house. I, it was good acting at that point of just like, you know, I know what I want to do. I want to pursue this seriously. Like I want to do these bigger acting roles. And I mean, he did, he was in uh, the, the pursuit of happiness uh that one was definitely one that held a lot of um weight as well as the king richard movie he did last year You, i mean even years later like you can tell he wants to be a more serious actor now like he's tired of putting put into this corner of like the funny guy and not to say like he's always going to be funny he's always going to be funny and he can pull that out whenever he needs to like that is never going to wait for him but To see him finally do these very intense moments, especially in the later season, I think it just goes to show that he had more creative control and that he was able to push it to that boundary and, you know, give even Uncle Phil more depth than being the the uncle who is a little bit pretentious and all this stuff and the, the butt end of these fat jokes he was given more of that fatherly role and also just that mentor being that true mentor that will needed. Like he acted as that anchor and not to say that Vivian didn't the later Vivian is just Vivian stepped back and allowed him to take lead because what, what was really missing was that father figure in the show. And even in real life, I think he was dealing with some own personal therapy stuff. So I think this show really helped him work through that. So he could become a better actor and, It's something I do appreciate. Granted, he got really fucking arrogant in the whole thing with Vivian being a center of attention. He didn't like that much attention she had on her. That bothered me. And he definitely had a huge arrogant streak because so many people were hyping him up. And a lot of it was the culture of being in this fancy Hollywood lifestyle and no one telling him no. Everyone was just telling him yes. And I think now that you know he's on the other side of it like he got past and had all of his scandals and things like that i think he realizes like somebody needs to hold people accountable and i think that's why he's also remaking the show because there was always like accountability thrown around everywhere and it, it never truly fell on anyone like it would always be brushed aside like we'll never grow i think judy brought up a great point about the fat phobia i mean he would never like stop making those jokes like it was a constant pushing of the boundary and it was like that's not funny though like there's people actually dealing with this stuff i just i think it forced him to grow up out of this mindset that everything's a joke everything's got to make people laugh like i think he's definitely even now in the king richard movie a very serious actor, like he wants to push that envelope and be someone that inspires people and not just make people laugh.
0: And he's probably going to win the Oscar. I mean, uh, he's the odds-on favorite to win. Um, he's very, 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 very good in that movie, by the way. I think a lot of people want to start it out. Uh, Not
1: even just as an actor, but just as a role model, celebrity, whatever. You know, he does lots of sort of motivational kind of speaking he did that Nat Geo show where he's showing people you know you can explore the world and get out of your neighborhood learn more so I think just not even just in his acting I think he's grown up a lot and trying to spread good in the world now
0: I think Will Smith is a really good actor who still to this day is not recognized for being a really good actor even though he's been nominated for Oscars That is a big thing. But there are people, I think, that still kind of laugh at the fact that he's nominated for Oscars or like he gets that kind of attention, sadly. But I do think he's grown a lot over the years and you see him grow through the seasons of Fresh Prince. You're watching his acting chops grow. Uh, You don't see so much of him looking like you can tell he's because he would have like the script there because he would mess up his lines. Constantly, so he'd be trying to look and see if he could. You know, he 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 was new and he didn't understand this world, and he didn't really have any. I don't think like formal training or anything. Which you don't have to have formal training to be an actor. I'm not saying that at all. I mean, our unofficial mascot Christian Bale didn't have any formal training, so <laughs> you don't need that to be a good actor. But I think that that was part of what it was. Is he was he was around some actors that were getting, especially the original actress. Played Vivian was very frustrated with him because of that, and you know you could kind of sense the tension sometimes in some of the scenes. And so I think also you like you said, Megan. I think his ego was there a lot. I think that kind of took over. And and when your ego is taking over when you're acting, it I think it can kind of be detrimental to your performance because if you're not being a giving actor, acting is reacting, and It really is. And so you have to be there and be giving to the other actors, even if you're the one speaking all your lines, you still have to be there with the other person in the scene. And I think sometimes he wasn't, he was like showboating and yeah, yeah. And it, 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 sometimes it got annoying, but he also, like I said, he grew so much through this and comedy is so flipping hard. I wish people would just realize how flipping hard it is to do comedy. That's why so many comedic actors are so good at dramatic work because comedy, in my opinion, is 10 times harder than doing dramatic work because you have to, the biggest thing with comedy is you have to not try to make people laugh because if you try to make people laugh, you will fail a lot of the time. So that's a hard thing to do, to not sit there and try and be like, okay, I'm going to try and make you laugh, try and make you laugh. It has to be natural. And, you know, so and I think he's really good at that. And I think he's gotten better at that. And I think that's why he's such a good dramatic actor. I think he's a fantastic actor. I think he's fan. I think one of my favorite performances of his is in I Am Legend, because so much of that movie is just him. And of course, the dog uh, who every time I bring that up, I want to just bawl my eyes out. (laughs) But he's so good in that movie. He's just fantastic. And I think he's great in King Richard. I think the time, the movie, actually, I think that he took on younger when he was doing Fresh Prince of Bel-Air that he did in order to try and break out of the mold that people had put him in was Six Degrees of Separation because that was a totally different part for him. Plus, he was playing a gay man. I know, um, I have heard, not sure how true it is, that he was actually kind of uncomfortable with that aspect at times and didn't want to necessarily have any kind of gratuitous sex scenes or anything like that with another man. Um, but he's really good in that movie. I don't know if you've seen that movie, but he's fantastic in that movie. And I think that was the one that he was really like, I've got to break out of this mold of, I only do funny things and I only play myself. Cause I think that's a lot of what people thought. And I think that was the one that really broke him out of that and had other people in Hollywood take notice. But yeah, I I think he's great to watch. I do wish his character had grown more because Yes, you like you said, Judy, you are going to take some steps forward and the steps back. That's the way we are as human beings. But he never seemed to really, truly grow all the time. It was like he was always trapped in this space of being, you know, he's so sexist. I mean, he's so sexist. I mean, even with Lisa and the whole when in the bowling alley, and that guy is hitting on her, and he punches will and knocks will out and then she you know defends him and beats the guy up and it's like for him that's like the most emasculating thing in the world and so then he tries to set up this whole thing where he will take down this guy where and then it was actually a robber (laughs) i mean it's funny but at the same time there's that whole thing in there of like okay dude we're on season five i mean come on and i mean granted he grew a little bit but he's still in that relationship with Lisa, he still had so many moments there where he was just like, Nope, I'm the man and I'm going to be in charge. I'm going to control you. And it was, Oh, I was so, I liked Lisa for the most part, but it was just like, uh, I don't know. So that was frustrating. So that was the most frustrating part with his character is even though I think the performance grew and there were some very beautiful touching moments later on. I just think sometimes the character was stagnant and I, but I think that's true of, all of the characters in this show, frankly. I don't think it's just Will, but, you know. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What
2: flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out snapple.com to
0: find ridiculously flavorful snapple near you. Okay, so let's get to the Banks family. And we're going to include Jeffrey in this because I didn't put that on the outline. Like, why didn't I just write Jeffrey? Because you have to talk about Jeffrey. You cannot talk about this show without talking about that. So, just overall, Judy, what are your thoughts on the Banks family and Jeffrey? And do you have a favorite?
1: Alright, well we'll start off with Phil since he's sort of the anchor of the show.
0: And that's not a fat joke.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like as soon as it came out of my mouth, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's probably the most important, right? He he is the, the gravity, the gravitas of of the show. He brought like the depth and the heart to to the show and that father figure that Phil Uh, That Will needed and uh, whether he liked it or not. I think there was a lot of inconsistency in his character though which like in those early seasons with OG Aunt Viv I think she and the two of them were so good together and had so much chemistry and played off each other so perfectly like she sanded down his rough edges but also stood up to him in this badass way, like they were just so perfect together. And I think as the original actress, Janet, as she struggled through season three and then was replaced in season four, his character also changed the world about, like in season three, I felt like he was just miserable. Like he was just always stomping around and yelling and just angry and, um, you know, God, hopefully that wasn't in reaction to his wife being pregnant. I don't know. It was just it was just a weird Uncle Phil. He still had wonderful moments, right, where he was this great role model and protective of the boys and everything, of all of his kids. I think he needed that Aunt Vivian to to smooth those rough edges. And without her, I think the character um startled. With that segue into Vivian. Oh my gosh, I loved. OG oh, Vivian so much. Um, she was, her performance was just absolutely electric. She was just this brilliant, beautiful, badass, and kind college professor with a PhD. Like she knew her shit. She was, she was like this perfect balance between modern sophistication and class, but she that also came from the confidence of having earned it. She grew up poor, clawed her way out of her situation, fought for civil rights, got herself an education and a fantastic man. Like she was just amazing. And so she had that poise to support all that backstory. And I just, I just loved her. She was one of the few women on the show that didn't fall into the sexy lamp trope. And I know I've said that phrase a couple of times, so if anybody listening to this doesn't know what that means, if a character can be replaced by a sexy lamp and there's no difference in how everybody reacts to that character and how that character drives the show, it's terrible writing, right? Like women should not be able to be replaced by a silent, sexy lamp. Um, And Aunt Viv absolutely could not be in that first three seasons. The second three seasons, not only could she be replaced by a sexy lamp, but she could be replaced by a boring lamp. (laughs) Oh, it was so bad. (laughs) Her character in those early seasons was like, she loved Will and she was protective of Will and she had some great moments with him and they truly cared about each other. And she became a mother to him. Like you could see these really cool moments where even if he was like fighting with Uncle Phil, he would go... He would go to Aunt Viv and give her a hug. And, and they'd be sort of... They had this really cool relationship. You could see that some... You could definitely see that falling apart in season three. And I know... It, for anybody that has watched the show but hasn't watched the reunion special, watch the reunion special. Yeah. It, it's, so, it's so important for understanding what the heck was going on. Because I think we were all watching that going, what the heck is going on? The actress definitely felt like something was something was wrong you could just see her struggling with the scene struggling even with her appearance she even looked like she was falling apart a little bit like i don't i don't even know it's so, it's so sad and then when you when you watch the reunion special you find out that she was going she was in an abusive marriage and there's a whole there's definitely more Going on, you know, they they there's an interview between her and Will, where they just kind of talk about the challenges that were going on that season. Like, there's a lot that they didn't talk about. <laughs> um, I don't know what it is. I don't know who knows, but there's definitely a lot between the lines that you could read of that interview that she was really struggling with something. So her, you know, the character of Ant-Vo started to fall apart in that season three, and then again, I. From season four on, I can't even tell you a single storyline about her. Pretty much every episode, her job was to say, Oh, Will, or Oh, I can't remember a single line that she had beyond that. Like, it's so sad what they did to her character. So, I, I don't know if it was a poor actress choice or writing. I, I don't know, but it did not go well. So, moving on to Hillary, I love Hillary. <laughs> um, I want every single piece of clothing that Hillary ever wore, including the the shoulder pads from season one. Oh, she, had su- she was so beautiful and had such amazing taste. Just love, love her style. And it holds up, like even today. I'm like, I would wear that today. That's 30 years old <laughs> I would love it. Is she absolutely superficial and self-centered? Yes. Do I love her anyway? Yes. Um, her little giggle, it made me smile and made me happy every time she did it, but I can't, I can't repeat it, but that little, you know, that little, I don't even know, but I just loved it to death. Yeah. She's vapid and shallow and ditzy, but she grew like she actually experienced some, some character growth. So <laughs> sure, she's still a little bit vapid and ditzy at the end. Yes. But she found herself a career and she really cared about everybody. She cared about herself, but She honestly cared about her family members and would step up to help them when needed. So I love, I love the character of Hillary. Carlton, (laughs) I mean, Carlton was so much fun. Season one though, he was almost, it was almost painful to watch. He was just too much of a caricature. Like just so over the top that there wasn't, there wasn't enough depth for the audience to grab onto and relate to and really care about. Because he was just so, oh shucks, you know, he was just so silly. As the seasons went on, uh, they toned it down and they gave him vulnerability and great storylines and especially his interaction with Will. Once the two of them became friends and once they moved in together and started, you know, getting in trouble together, um, I think that really... That really saved that character and that became one of the best relationships on the show so i loved him ashley she's kind of adorable right she we we watched her grow up on the show she was 11 or 12 or something when the just started mm-hmm. so we we watched her turn into a, a young lady i they didn't give her great stories but you know sometimes with an 11 12 13 year old it can be hard to do i don't think she was a great actor in the beginning she she definitely got better but you know she she was she was a little rough in those early years, and then Jeffrey, you know that the the last the last family member, I don't know. <laughs> I,
0: I, uh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey's a weird one, right? Um, your like, deep sigh there was
1: right. <laughs> Jeffrey's a weird character, and they had such a weird relationship with him. Like they were mean to him, and he was mean to them, and. Like, what is going on here it was like this mutually abusive relationship i don't know i mean i i like sometimes i like jeffrey i love that he was freaky outside of his job that me was too. that always made me laugh um but i i don't know I, there was like i said i i'm not i'll be interested to see what you guys have to say about jeffrey because i just i just thought the weirdest thing he related to the family like i said they were kind of not nice to him and and he was not nice to them they were fighting over money and the whole master thing i'm just not a fan of i don't just a lot of stuff that for me was uncomfortable about jeffrey
0: i get that yeah yeah so megan your thoughts on the banks family
2: Truthfully, like, the Banks family did not change me. <laughs> but uh, Ashley, uh, very sassy. I love her. Uh, she she definitely inspired some character development in me in that capacity, just being very much, like, I'm doing what I want. Like, you can't tell me what to do anymore sort of mentality. Uh, I, I, I grew up with Ashley. Like, that was, like, my age range right there. Like, I, everything that she was going through was so relatable, especially when, like, you know, the boys would – sit there and like tell her she needs to be like this pure virgin thing and she's like shut up like we're not we're not doing that like I'm over this like y'all are hypocritical like stop it Hillary though uh, truly that actress is something special okay because doing a character like Hillary is hard because Hillary you know she is superficial but like she's also very very smart in that same like whisk of the finger like she can also know like how this fabric is affected by the elements out in the world she knows uh what uh, climate change and things are actually happening out there like she's aware of things and it's like she reminds me very much of this new generation but that's exactly what it is it's like you think they appear one way but then they're absolutely something different it's like a two-way mirror sort of thing and i think my favorite moment with hillary though was when you know like she was in the wedding dress and like she's sitting there and her fiance is like jumping out of the plane or whatever
0: the bungee jumping yes
2: the bungee jumping <laughs> and so oh <laughs> i the acting that i don't even know how many talks that might have taken. i don't know but it was so good and just how all the family was reacting was kind of poor but her just sitting there just like stone-faced like oh my god like is and you like yeah <laughs> 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 and then like is he gonna get, and, like looking frantically like uh, it was such was good acting. <laughs> it was so sad, but it was like, oh my gosh. yeah, it just it sent me. Um, but yeah, th- like those were the two characters that I definitely followed throughout and was like, you know, like these are decent women character granted. I wish the show would have done more for them and given them a bigger part or something of their own that was like special. Because I didn't like that it was, like, so heavily focused on, like, Will and Lisa and, like, that dynamic because, you know, I'm just personally tired of that. I'm tired of it. It was, like, a big thing back then, though. I get it. I understand it was new. It was shiny, you know, like, focusing on the couple. But I'm just, I'm tired. (laughs) So I just, I wish there was an Ashley Banks spinoff where she was just out there doing her own thing and just being Ashley Banks. Hillary shows up every once in a while to tell her she's being dumb or she needs to dress better, but... Or an Ashley
1: Ashley Hillary living together in New York. See,
2: that would have been good. I would have watched that. That would
1: have been fun. Like um, a sister sister dynamic, and... And just
2: seeing how they, like, work through, like, you know, uh, racism as a whole, but also being a Black woman in, like, a new city and stuff, like, that is a whole different experience. I would have definitely watched that, but... I don't know and like the butler jeffrey um i love him you know i i feel bad for him because in that episode where they told him he won the lottery i probably would have reacted the same way you know i'm oh. not i'm not going to lie and say like i'd be the nicest person about it i would absolutely be like you all suck i'm leaving goodbye like
1: <laughs> it
2: was cool <laughs> I would I would not be respecting that family after that. Honestly, if it were me, I would also be disrespectful and be like, you know what? I'm done giving to any of you because in that episode where uh, Will Smith tries to pretend he's the poet or whatever, and like he has the friend and there's no friend. Yes, Jeffrey really pulled through and acted like this crazy man on stage, and he really got into character. But like, you don't see that much from Jeffrey again after especially after that whole lottery incident. And I don't blame him. I would react the same. It's like, you know what? Work
1: boundaries are important. And that's all I'm going to say about So Jeffrey and Will had a fun little relationship going. They did. I <laughs> guess because they were kind of both sort of the outsiders of the family. Yeah. yeah. A little bit of the fish out of water. But I, I, I did like that they had a neat little thing. Like sometimes Jeffrey would cover for Will's antics. And yeah, I, that, that was kind of fun that Will had somebody like like Jeffrey.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But it was still, there was still, I'll just start with Jeffrey then, but (laughs) it was, there was still some problematic stuff to it where it was like, it felt kind of, oh, it was, it was felt like the Banks family loved Jeffrey, but also wanted to keep this line of employee, employer kind of thing. So with the Banks family, Vivian in the first three seasons, of course, is a lot stronger than later on. I think the reason that was is, is, you know, of course, they didn't none of no one. I want to say it wasn't just Will Smith. No one was really getting along with her. No one really liked her. No one really want, you know, and, it, and she felt, and I know the actress felt very alone and like no one cared about her feelings or thoughts or wanted her to be part of the show. And that was very sad. So that's, you know, one thing with this, with the, with the show that makes me sad with, Viv- with Vivian is that Vivian was such a, uh, was a stronger character and given more to do. And then when, you know, Will Smith and other people decided they didn't want her to be taking away the spotlight at all, then she, I think, felt bullied behind the scenes and, you know, felt she had to leave. The original actress had to leave and then come back um, or, or then recast her. And once they recast her and I feel bad for any actress that would have to come in and step in the step into these shoes because you're going to be judged. You're going to be put up against another performance and you're going to be judged for the fact that you are coming in and taking quote unquote taking over uh, this role and taking it away from another actress and that must have been very difficult for Daphne Reed to do and i felt for her because i don't think she's a, she's not a bad actress i think she just wasn't given anything to do and it was such a thankless role it was just the mom role and basically you know she's there to be the mom and to be uh you know kind of like like the audience reaction away of the whole oh will oh Carlton oh Phil whoever is going through something but she's not giving she's not given any depth anymore and that was really sad to me to watch that happen because she was such a dynamic and awesome character in the beginning and then she just became nothing and it was really really sad to see Phil you know <laughs> Uncle Phil, it's like it's funny because I I I love him, but then there were times when I was so frustrated with him, especially when it came to the way he treated his daughters really aggravated me. I mean, the episode where um Hillary is going to be in Playboy because as a sexy one of the sexy weather girls and they go to the Playboy mansion and, you know, Phil is just like outraged because he wants to control his daughter's body and that kind of stuff just gets so old after a while and really hard to watch and deal with. And I know that was a big thing back then and they did that all the time. But it still was not fun. And um they still do it to this day. And it was very much that whole little, you know, this is my baby girl. And even though she's a grown woman and she's an adult who can make her own choices, uh, it just he didn't want her to have any agency or any choices. He wanted to control her body. And to want to control her body on top of everything is gross. And then when, she, when it ends up that the spread in Playboy, they have like the clouds and all that stuff, you know, placed so that you're not seeing full nudity because, um, you know, it was like Hugh Hefner, excuse me, was like, okay, well, I'll, I'll listen to this father and I'll place this for you. I'm doing this for you. It just was irritating. Cause I'm like, it still felt like her agency was taken and it was just to give him like, to feel comfortable with this. And then the very next thing you see is then Will and him switch the page, and then it's a fully naked woman, and they're like, woo And it's just like, there's no like calling out of how hypocritical that was, and also how they still were not giving Hillary any agency over her own body and what she wanted to do. So that was, oh, so frustrating to me about Uncle Phil. I do also want to say that uh, James Avery, just a fun little personal story. One time when I was in um, Pasadena, and uh, James Avery, who of course plays Uncle Phil, and I was like waiting. This is the first time I've ever been to a cheesecake factory, and this was like in the '90s. And waiting outside, and he came walking by with his two little pugs, and it was the coolest moment because it was just like, oh, just celebrities in the wild kind of thing. <laughs> you know, I didn't say anything to him, but it was just—it is awesome cool when you see them. <laughs> So Uncle Phil I loved, and yet I also would get frustrated with. But I loved watching his relationship with Will grow. I think that was one of my favorite relationships in the show because he loved Will a lot. And I think he felt eventually like Will was another son for him. So I really appreciated that relationship. Carlton – you know, Carlton (laughs) – I, I I loved Carlton a lot, but I do agree in the first season, it, you know, it was just every character was kind of a caricature. So he, he didn't have as much depth, but you saw it going f- further, like, as the show went on. And I loved that he still maintained who he was throughout the show. Like, he didn't decide, I can't be this cheesy Tom Jones loving guy, I, you know. I can't, you know, because he was insulted a lot by a lot of people saying, Well, you're not you're not being black enough, or you're not being this enough, or you you're not being manly enough. A lot of the homophobic jokes were at his expense sometimes. So there was also that. But I love the fact that he never changed on that. And I what I really loved, one episode I really loved with him was the Soul Train one. And where, you know, everybody's like, You can't do your Carlton dance. You can't do that stuff on Soul Train. And then when he started dancing on Soul Train, And everybody loved him and he was like embraced. It was so awesome to see because it was for once that wasn't the butt of the joke. It was like, woohoo, he's got moves. And um, if you don't know the actor, Alfonso Riviero, he's actually a trained dancer. So he's a really good dancer. And you could tell that I don't think anyone could have done the Carlton dance that he came up with himself, the actor, if he hadn't been a classically trained dancer, honestly. (laughs) I mean, maybe he could, but I don't know. And of course, the stripping, (laughs) like everyone's mentioned, the stripping episode. So we'd have those moments where the stuff that was used to poke fun at Carlton with would also be used as something to highlight how good, what a good person he was or how cool he was or stuff like that. I like that. And I like that sometimes, sometimes, not always, he would be the person who would be more respectful of women than Will. So there would be kind of this, Counterpoint there. There were times when that was not true, of course, a lot of times, but there would be those instances where it would be like, no, I'm going to, sh- I show more respect for women than you do. Him trying to set up Will with the whole thing with, with Lisa with the cabin and tying up to the chair. And then, of course, this great dramatic moment was, I think, one of those where he was trying to teach Will a lesson to not treat women like property. But of course, I mean, he still would do the same thing as Will would too. So, yeah, he was, he was, and his, I think Carlton also struggled with a lot of jealousy when it came to Will, you know, so that was another part that was kind of like, you know, I, I, I felt for him because I think he really wanted to be as cool as Will seemed to be, um, but he also didn't want to change who he was. So it was like, I think this constant struggle of like, he loved Will a lot and wanted respect from Will. And I think he was always fighting for that, and also fighting for respect from his family in some respects too. But yeah, I I, I loved Carlton uh, a lot. Sometimes he would get annoying, but I loved him. I thought he was great. And Hillary, you know, Karen Parsons is an amazing, amazing actress. And Hillary could be someone you would just be like, I can't stand this person. And yes, she's shallow as hell, but she is also very caring and loving and. I think she just really wants respect and she is going to be who she's going to be. And if you don't like it, then that's your problem and not her problem. And I always really respected that about her. You know, I do think sometimes they tried to rely too much on the shtick of her being self-absorbed and didn't really delve into the fact that there's other layers to her. So I think they sometimes, like they did with all the female characters They just kind of went shallow with her. And then with Ashley, like I said, I think she was kind of the forgotten. I think she was the forgotten child in some respects. I could have sworn, I was trying to find the information, that there was a time when they were talking about possibly doing a spinoff with her. When you mentioned, when both Megan and Judy mentioned that. But I could be totally wrong. But I thought I remembered that.
1: I wonder if that was around the time that they were trying to make her like a famous singer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I could see them trying to make that a spinoff.
0: Yeah, because she has an amazing voice. And she was, a um, you, you know, she did have a little bit of a singing career there for a while. And yeah, but I, I thought that it happened, but it could be something that I just kind of made up in my head. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, overall, I love the Banks family issues and all. I really do love them. I think they are a very close-knit family that really love each other. And I think Phil and Vivian's big thing was they didn't want their children to struggle the way that they had struggled. And they didn't want their children to be punished and blamed for the fact that they were not going to have to struggle financially or struggle in certain ways that maybe other that they had to when they were growing up. And I think that that was a big mantra with them is, you know, even though sometimes the children could come off as very spoiled, I think they also didn't want to, they never felt like, no, we're not going to apologize for the fact that we are successful and we want our children to be successful because why wouldn't you want that? And, you know, and education was very important to them, of course, too. And also, even though their kids were quote unquote spoiled, they also wanted their children to be self-reliant and to find their own way and find their own voices. And, you know, even though they would joke sometimes about Hillary and joke, of course, about Carlton, they did respect the fact that Carlton and Hillary were their own people. I don't think that respect always transferred to Ashley, but I think that was because she was the younger one. Well, I mean, of course, then they had a Child, I mean, we mentioned the other—you know—that magical thing that happens on sitcoms, where come a certain season, they're like, "We gotta have a child come in."
1: <laughs> Let's not talk about things that jump the shark. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's very much what it is. And, and it was every sitcom jump the shark back trip. then, every I yeah, know. every sitcom loved to do this with the key and it ruined them ch- all. It ruined them all from Scooby Doo on up. <laughs> well, all- Scrappy Doo was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well I will say it did add some fun elements in family ties sometimes, but it still is that whole thing of like
1: all <laughs> did no, it. It's,
0: so, yep. it's like okay. Every, every every sitcom back then did this. I I mean really, but I but overall I love them. Okay, well we're gonna get now to the problematic stuff. Like we've said. Rewatching this, especially now with a lens and a 2022 lens and an adult lens too. I want to say, I think that's part of it too. It's an older lens, you know, fat phobia, sexism and homophobia, I think are the three biggest problematic areas in this show. So Judy, what are your thoughts overall <laughs> when you were rewatching this when it came to the problematic elements of this show? Um,
1: yeah, I mean those three, but on top of that one that we haven't really talked, I mean we talked we talked about it briefly, but um the Carlton um, not being black enough, I think was another mm-hmm. very problematic thing. And yeah, like you said, sometimes his his parents and his family you know accepted that but you know, for, for six seasons he was made fun of by his cousin for not being black enough and what, what what does it mean to 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 be black and it doesn't it can mean a lot of things. You know, it it doesn't have to be any one thing. And I think that it was it was problematic to set this bar um of what it means to be black and that Carlton wasn't wasn't good enough at that. And I think that's really um Frustrating and that Carlton as a character was brave and honorable for staying true to who he was um, Even after taking years of abuse from his cousin about that Yeah, the fat phobia. It was so bad I mean like If it were an an occasional joke, I mean even then it's not great But like an occasional thing, you know, you can almost go okay, you know, it's people people just do it for humor whatever, but I don't think there was a single episode without Mm -hmm. Will making fun of, of um, Uncle Phil's weight, like not one, you know, and I had already talked about the whole Queen Latifah thing. You, you would have thought that that would have taught Will something that should have been a learning moment for him. And it wasn't. And Jeffrey made fun of his weight and Carlton made fun. Like it was the butt of everybody's joke. And that is just so not not okay yeah that was that was really uncomfortable um to watch the sexism was insane (laughs) it was it's it's so bad it's hard to watch especially those early seasons before you know will got like a a real girlfriend almost every female on the show was useless they were you know just walking around in sexy clothes done up to the nines i'm sorry but that's not what a 17 year old in high school, you know, they're not wearing tight leather skirts and bustiers and <laughs> with the, the hair and the makeup and everything. That's not what they look like. And even if they do, they don't want chased by you and catcalled by you. So yeah, that was just so much. It was just so obnoxious. Um, and and like you said, even even Carlton played into that too. So both both of them just did that gross objectifying of almost every woman on the show. And they had the, the women were just so bleh. <laughs> you know? like every woman that they went on dates with yeah. were just so useless. Oh yeah until Lisa. I mean Lisa, you know, they gave her some some personality, but for, for five seasons, you know, we we watched a parade of of useless girls and that was that was a shame. And then the homophobia Honestly, I don't think that was quite as out there and uh, out and bad um, as the fat phobia and the sexism. Yes, there were some homophobic jokes. I mean, very, very typical of the time. Mostly the, ooh, somebody might think I'm gay or ooh, somebody, you know, somebody may, a gay man might find me attractive. I don't remember too many times where they were Uh, there's there's shows where, that were worse about it, like actually calling each other, you know, gay or F-words or anything like that. So uh, that I didn't find quite as standout and bad. Um, but the yeah, the fat phobia and the sexism was um it's, it's pretty bad and pretty pretty uncomfortable. Um and I was saying to Aaron before we uh yeah. before we started this podcast, I remember last year at this time I went back and I rewatched Living Single which was around this same time. And it holds up like the, the yes, they of course make politically incorrect jokes at each other all the time, but it's, it's so good natured and it's in so much fun and they're all laughing together and they're laughing with each other and not at each other. And it's not too dig and too hurt. And I think this, I I don't know um,
0: this, this was another
1: one of those 90 shows because lots of them did it that just were pretty obnoxious with it.
0: Yeah. So Megan, your thoughts?
2: I think you and Judy have done a great job covering it. The only other thing that I could think of mentioning is I think even the dynamic between uh, Phil and Vivian throughout the show. uh, Yeah, there was the, you know, typical like marriage arguments and stuff. It was just the fact that even in the beginning when Vivian was trying to do her own thing and do her own sort of stuff, Philip was very much like what are you doing what very controlling in that aspect and um that did bother me and i do think that it carries an influence on the whole family so i mean it starts at the source ultimately and i think that's how they wrote the character unfortunately so it's part of the problem and even how um you know like hillary is the princess like she's the one that he gives money to lavishes and not that he doesn't love ashley but he holds her to a different standard than hillary and that also bothered me Just because like Hillary is someone like he expects less out of when ideally he should continue to expect the same out of both of them because they're both amazing humans and they both deserve that. They both deserve attention. They both deserve this unconditional love rather than this. Oh, well, Ashley, you have to go to college and do X, Y and Z, blah, blah. And then Hillary, I'll just marry someone rich. I think that was the underlying tone throughout the show was for Hillary to just marry someone and just be married off. And that bothered me just because it didn't really talk about like her growing as a woman or even just figuring out what she liked, even if it was going into something like fashion design or I don't know, starting an activism group like she's always being a part of. I feel like she would have done really well as a leader in something. And they really did a disservice of just kind of snubbing both Ashley and Hillary of like just these supplementary characters. Um, It was definitely a, a man show Uh, it was more about them and no one else. I do have to go though, since I have work here shortly, but I love you guys. And thank you for putting this together. (laughs) And thank you audience, because I enjoy this. This is always the most fun I have uh, talking about shows I love. And I hope you guys rewatch it and share with us what your thoughts are, because that would be really cool.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Megan. And thank you for being on so many episodes this month. It's been fun. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Have a good rest of your day. Bye. Bye. Uh, Well, I'll I'll go first to the, the fat phobia, of course, which is like you said, Judy, I think that is the most egregious one. It's horrible. It's just absolutely horrible. It's like never improves. It's, And, you know, I, I often wondered what the actor himself felt like when he would be, you know, ridiculed like that constantly. I mean, you know, he sadly has passed away, so we, I don't know, but I really wondered that, like, was there ever a part of him that was like, okay, this is really, you know, I'm taking it in because one thing that's not talked about a lot, I think in, in Hollywood is we talk a lot about body shaming with women. But there is body shaming with men too. I mean, there is still that thing of like wanting to be a certain, you know, size and shape and built and muscular. And
1: I mean, Will's constantly short shaming Carlton too.
0: That too. Yeah, that too. There's, I mean, so there is, you know, body shaming is not just for women in Hollywood. So it does happen with men, but it doesn't get talked about as much. And so I do wonder that sometimes if there was ever a part of him, because that had to be hard. For you, I know you're acting and you're doing a character, and you you might be able to leave that behind. But six years of that has to be a lot to take. And you know, it was, and like you said, it was every single episode, and it wasn't just one character that did it. It was every other character on here had at least one time, if not twenty thousand times, <laughs> they were shaming him or some character for their body type. And it was so frustrating to watch. It's just, and that still happens today. This is not something that has necessarily improved that much. I don't think, but it's, it's so blatant in this that they, it might as well be like another character, honestly. It's so it's, it was just really hard to watch that. And the sexism once again, I mean, I've talked a lot about how every guy in here felt like they had a say in a woman's body and her life and control of her and, you do what I want to say. And and there were so many strong women in this show. That's what's so interesting is there were strong characters within the family, but at the same time, they were only allowed to get a certain amount of strength. And then it was like, next episode, no, we've got to show sexy lamps (laughs) and we've got to show that we're better than them, (laughs) you know, which is so frustrating. And yeah, most of the women that uh, Carlton or Will would date, or even jazz would date were very superficial and very poorly written most of them and it was just really sad to see you know sadly that was that's pretty typical honestly even today, sometimes women are not, you know, they're written as, you know, this is your job, is your role is to be the wife, your role is to be the mom, your role is to be the sister, blah, blah, blah. But you don't get any other kind of dimension outside of that. And so that was really frustrating to watch, especially in the rewatch, because so many of these women were such interesting characters, but the show didn't want us to get to know them as much as we got to know the male characters. And with the homophobia, I think it's Pretty blatant in this show, honestly. There are all the way up to the series finale. There's a moment in the series finale. Will is looking for an apartment. He's looking for a place to live. And he goes and there's a guy. And the guy is like, because Will's like, well, when are you moving out? And the guy's like, I'm not moving out. Very suggestive-like. And to me, the reason that's homophobic is it's saying that a gay man is definitely going to want to try and seduce will and then of course he's you know that that's all gay men are about and that a gay man would never respect the fact that will is a straight man and it's gross and it's icky and that was really gross to me there's another it scene
1: that predatory gay stereotype it does
0: yeah and they did that a lot in this show the predatory thing and the whole mm-hmm. thing of like gay men don't have any kind of <laughs> they don't respect the fact that someone is straight or not mm-hmm. i mean And that was constant throughout this. There was a, I mean, there was a scene also with Carlton when, when, when Will set the kitchen on fire and Carlton had overheard him say, the kitchen's on fire when he called him and Carlton's trying to get back there and he, and he's hitchhiking and he gets picked up by a trucker and the trucker is making, you know, suggestive comments. And granted that's done a lot. The trucker thing has done a lot of every trucker's predatory, but the fact that it was kind of, it was. I think it fed into that gay predatory stereotype that gay men are predatory and they're not. I mean, so it's that kind of stuff. And a lot of times with Carlton and Will, there would be that dynamic of Carlton would say something and Will would be like, you're, you're making it gay, you know, that kind of thing. Even so, even to the fact of when, carlton they they did this carlton and will were doing this thing with with hillary and ashley where they were like you know oh yeah you can't do everything yes and then they sewed that dress and then carlton went where's the dress and i know this is done a lot and sometimes it can be done okay but it was there was something in the way they did that that really bothered me when he walks down the steps And he's really loving the dress. And then it's turned into this comedic thing of, like, you shouldn't do that as a man. And I think that happened a lot to Carlton. Carlton was the butt of of a lot of those jokes of you're not manly enough. Yeah, so that was what really bothered me about it with the homophobia was there was always this fear of, you know, if I do anything that is considered not manly, quote-unquote manly, I am gay. And, you know, there was a lot of that... um, you know gay panic back then and you saw it a lot i mean we talked about it on friends friends is like the biggest friends is a much bigger offender about this than mm-hmm. this show for sure but but yeah so you'd see that you see that a lot so those kind of that really really bothered me so that's what made rewatching this so difficult for me i have to say i still love this show i still appreciate this show i think there are some so many hysterical moments in this i was laughing a lot rewatching it but it got to the point when I was like on season five, even before that, where I was like, I, oh my gosh, this is exhausting because <laughs> so many of these elements. I'm like, I cannot take another fat phobic joke again. I cannot take this sexism anymore. Oh my gosh, are they going to make another homophobic joke? Are they going to make this kind of joke? Are they going to? So it just got to the point where it became exhausting to be watching this show. And I still tedious. love this show, but tedious, is that what you said? Yeah, like I said, if, yeah. you
1: know, yes, almost every show has those jokes, but if they're sprinkled a little bit over yes. time, fine. But it just became like rubber stamp. Like, okay, what's, what's, this, what's this episode's fat joke going to be? Every, every episode had to have one. What's this mm-hmm. episode's sexy lamp going to be? Every episode had to have one. It's, mm-hmm. it's, come on, like, think think bigger. You know, you, you, writers, you can do better.
0: Exactly. That's it's lazy to me. It is so flippin' lazy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's just the lazy tropes. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, it's like we've talked about before. I mean, they didn't do that thankfully on this, but uh, you know, it's the you know when women are killed for man pain or for men to grow. It's like you don't need these kind of things. It's it's not necessary, and it is just lazy writing and. I know this show is, you know, older and it's the 90s. And yes, that was the side of the times. But this stuff still happens. So it's not like this stuff does not still happen. If it didn't still happen, then I think this would be a different kind of conversation. But this stuff still goes on. So even though I still love this show, this was a very hard rewatch for me. Not as hard as, you know, some rewatches I've done before for the show, for sure. Because I still like the show and I still find it funny and I still got a kick out of some things and I still think the father episode is one of the best episodes on television period honestly but just so many of those problematic elements made it not as enjoyable to rewatch this I would say so yeah but I still think you know I still think the acting overall is pretty good from, from the most part and and I enjoyed it it's just it got exhausting
1: <laughs> I didn't finish my rewatch <laughs> I skipped around those last two seasons. I was like, okay, I'm going to go to IMDb, see which ones are rated, you know, like 7.8 or higher.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I should have just done that because it was just kind of like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Here here we go. I I
1: rewatched the entire first three and a half seasons. Then I'm like, okay, I'm running out of time here.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I kind of skipped around uh, in the last two seasons. But the other ones I watched all the way through and was just... And and I and there would be ones where would be like one of those clip you know the one they do the clip episodes which every show does and I'm like why am I not skipping these? Those, are just those clips. were
1: huge. Those were huge in the '90s. <laughs> uh, I recently rough. rewatched the
0: Golden Girls and like they did at least two of those a year.
1: I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> I know those yeah, get those get big. old.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know neither one of us have watched the new series, so we can't really give our thoughts on it. But I would like to. I yeah, I, I, I'm interested to see what they do with it. Yeah, because if. If you did you know how it came about? Because it was um a person put yeah. together like a YouTube thing of like a new version of this, the person who was the creator, and then Will Smith happened to watch it and contact him. It's like one of those Hollywood dream stories huh, that does wow. not happen very often. Yeah, and Will Smith liked it and they ended up cutting a deal. And from what I've heard, it's very different and it's a lot more dramatic i think and it's also i think updated so it might not be as problematic i don't know but i i definitely I would,
1: would i would hope <laughs> can you imagine if they put all these same jokes and they're like oh no oh they
0: i don't think they could do it honestly i mean well, Uncle yes isn't even
1: fat in this one, so at least they could
0: at least they can get rid the fat jokes yeah which maybe that's why they did i don't know i don't know um but Yeah. Yeah. So, so (laughs) this, this, it was fun to watch this, but it was, you know, one of those of like, you know, your childhood stuff is not always going to hold up. Fun and cringy.
1: cringy, Yes,
0: exactly. Exactly. You just
1: have to to take it with that grain of salt, knowing that it is a product of the times. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of fun things, things that are fun to go back and watch. And you just have to put that in your mind. Like this is a product of its time. And, you know, not judge it for different standards.
0: Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. And, you know, I've had quite a few of those moments on here. You know, I mean, I've, I've rewatched Family Ties is one of my favorite shows. And I've rewatched it. And there's some stuff in that show that's, oh, my, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Ooh, I mean, whew, especially the first season. But, yeah. you know, and so you kind of have to go, okay, well, this was the 80s. and Going way back yeah (laughs) sometime we're gonna talk about that show but as
1: i was watching this you know what i kept comparing in my mind the way that this family treated jeffrey compared to the brady bunch with alice and i was like i was like "Ah, can you believe that alice that the brady bunch did it better
0: that's kind of surprising
1: (laughs) yeah like they did a better job of treating their housekeeper well and the housekeeper treated them well. And like they were like a member of the family. Whereas Jeffrey would, I don't know. It, like I like I said before, it's a weird dynamic with Jeffrey. It is. It is.
0: And I've heard that's different too in the new one. Yeah. So. Well, thank you so much, Judy. This has been a lot of fun. fun. Yeah. So thank you so much for being on. So if you want to tell everybody where they can find you.
1: Sure. I am on Tumblr at Over and Instagram at Ballroom BlitzGeek.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. And this is Aaron. You can follow me on Twitter at E April Beauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one on Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod on TikTok at it's a fandom thing pod. <laughs> if you have any feedback show notes, if you'd like to be a potential interview guest on the show, Feel free to reach out to us at it's a fandom thing bod at gmail.com. And next week, we have another interview with an author. And then we also have an episode, which I'm still trying to come up with a better title because I think it's an important episode, but just calling it When Fans Kill is so tabloidy that I'm trying to figure out a different title. So we have some suggestions that are actually kind of hilarious in our private DM. But we'll see. And that actually will be a live stream. It will probably, since this is dropping Friday, it'll probably be tomorrow night at 6 p.m. But so stay tuned. Look at our social media and you'll know if you want to join the live stream and hear us talk about stuff. That'll probably be something where we'll have, like, trigger warnings since we're going to talk about stalking and all that kind of horrible stuff. (laughs) So, but I think it's an important conversation because we've talked about toxic sides of fandom. But this is kind of going when you step over that line and become a stalker and think you own celebrities, which you don't. So it'll be, it'll be a fun one. So I'm looking forward to that. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black lives matter and stop Asian hate.